Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. This episode is brought to you by Ride On Optics. Located in Tucson, Arizona, Ride On is the only law enforcement and military vet-owned company in the optics world. They make fantastic, fantastic equipment, and then they also have the Ride On Revolution on their website, which is a huge educational platform that includes the Ride On blog, the Ride On University, and the Ride On podcast featuring founder Brady Speth. Go to rideonoptics.com, R-I-T-O-N optics.com. If you guys want to be a part of the Nomad Strength Tribe membership, this is an awesome community that we are building and it's growing all the time and there's tons of exclusive content happening over there. You go to tribe.nomad-strength.com. We've got exclusive calls, exclusive content, articles, videos, uh, behind the scenes things for the podcast, coaching opportunities, all kinds of stuff that are happening over there. And it's really becoming a special thing as far as a community goes. So go to tribe.nomad-strength.com and check it out. It's only 15 bucks a month and you get a free week trial if you go sign up on tribe.nomad-strength.com. Hope to see you in there. All right, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the Nomad Strength Show. I'm Ross Hillier, your host, and we are back after a week off for the holidays. I hope that week was filled with good food and family and friends and football if you played it and all the other things that you did that you loved and had some time to do those things this last week. And we are coming back with an episode today that is perfect to kick you guys in the pants and start getting after it. And I am joined today by Brian Peters. And Brian played in the NFL for several years. I remember following him uh, when he played with the Texans, and we talk a little bit about that. But he also is uh, one of the co-owners of the MindStrong Project. And if you remember back in May, we had uh, his business partner, Harvey Martin, on the podcast who is one of the other co-owners of the MindStrong Project. And so I wanted to talk to Brian about his journey into what they're doing now, coming from the professional athlete side, from the football world, uh, the things that he learned, the way that he trained his body, and, and how he 
took the journey of physical performance and at the highest level and transitioned into the types of things that they're doing now. So I was really curious to hear a lot of Brian's story and what his his outlook on training is and how it's changed over the years. And he has a lot of really great insight into that and his journey through the NFL. So a lot of great NFL stories. Uh, he's also big into the powerlifting world now, which is pretty cool because he does a lot of training and is doing a lot of his stuff in the Columbus, Ohio area uh, with Corey Gregory, who I have followed for over a decade now. So it's cool that they're hooking up and he just has a really big wealth of knowledge. And this is a really motivating episode. Uh, and so he is a part of the Mindstrong Project. Mindstrong Project. That's kind of tough to say when you say it fast. Mindstrong project, like I had mentioned, but he also has his own podcast that just came out called Chasing Edges, and the first handful of episodes are up, and they're awesome, so go check all that out, and go support what Brian is doing with the Mindstrong project, and, and wish him luck on the powerlifting, and just go follow him, because he's super great dude, great follow, very motivating, and we had a great conversation today that I'm, I'm just really excited to get you guys, because we've been working on getting this one scheduled for a while, so here is, without further ado, my conversation with the man, Brian Peters. All right, everybody, what's going on? I'm here with Brian Peters today, man. What is going on? Uh, a little bit of everything. Um, I'm up in Columbus, Ohio. I'm, I'm coaching. I'm learning. I'm, I'm finally back home for the first time after a, a long football career and that kind of thing. So it's been it's been a blessing to be back around family and friends and that kind of thing. But uh, I'm just, we're, we're the, I'm part of the MindStrong project where, where we're rolling in the, the sports performance world for breath work and all that yeah. stuff. And then I'm in powerlifting now. I'm, I'm, I'm outside. I'm, I'm living somewhat uh, the lifestyle that you preach. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, How's everything with you? You good? Yeah, man. Been uh, It's been good. Coaching has been awesome the last you know, we, we have this new program that we started about a year ago that's been going killer and we're un, rolling out some new things for the guys coming out soon in the new year. And we were just talking before we went on that I started jujitsu, you know, back in the spring and I got my first competition coming up in about a month. So I'm like going overtime training for that. And then, you know, it's like holiday season. So we're just hanging out with family. I mean, like things are good right now, man. It's all good. Yeah. I love that you're all in on jujitsu, though. For for someone that's searching for competition themselves, that's uh, that's yeah, admirable. It, it was, yeah, and I and like I mentioned to you, it's it's really the first thing since since college, and and I don't know if you know, but I did uh, I played football for a little while in college, but I did track the whole time I was in college, and uh, so it's really like the first thing since then that kind of really scratches that itch to compete, you know, and I, and I knew that like the first day I was in there, like going, you know, cause you're, it's you against one other dude and, uh, or 105 pound chick professor that crushes me. It doesn't matter. Like it's you against one other person. And so I'm like, Ooh, I can, I, I felt like that kind of internal, like I need to switch something on right now to get going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just it sparks curiosity really fast because like a lot of the things like I like when I started I started rolling a couple years ago and I've done it very up and down. But um, mm -hmm. like you learn that you don't under like your consciousness of manipulation of the body isn't like up to par. And then now you see the power of that. And then it's like a puzzle to get to these places. And then the culture is what kept me there. Like mm -hmm. there was no egos. Like everybody was helping everybody. And it's been, and it was like really special because like as again someone transitioning out of sport 
you have this this culture again that's supportive, fun, whatever, and and hyper competitive. So just um, it was a it was a it was non negotiable transition for me to get into that world and and dive into that. Like I didn't I didn't compete or anything like that, but it, um, I actually the first time I walked into a, a jujitsu joint was with Brian Cushing. Me and him were uh, mm-hmm. getting into it. So, yeah. and, uh, we had the privilege to just kind of hop in with a competition class. And nice. so, so we didn't like, we didn't white belt versus white belt in like was immediately rolling with only black and brown belts at a really yeah. uh, competitive, um, joint down in Houston, um, Gracie Ba West chase, which, um, they've had some savages come out of there. All piano, uh, and Anasio were the two original coaches when I was there. And then, um, uh, Pedro Mariano is a savage. He just won uh, whatever the IBJFF stuff. But anyway, so like we're walking in and learning really fast, and like, and like we're athletic enough to kind of compete with it. So it just you're kind of like you're just so like you just feel so helpless that you have to learn, and then it just becomes an ad- addiction. But anyways, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan as well. So I'm I'm hyped for you. It's fun, and it's one of those things I've talked with uh, with. Brandon Lilly about a lot because coming from like the the strength world and stuff like you go into something like that where we naturally kind of have uh, an advantage being strong right but and and that can but that can only get you so far in something like jujitsu because so much of it like you said is solving a puzzle essentially and understanding like leverages and stuff which is how like I would I would walk in there and just get thrown around by my 110 pound professor you know what I mean? like didn't even matter like there's some positions where I can like you know I can hold or I can move when I need to but sometimes it literally just doesn't matter and that's like what kind of made me want to keep coming back it's like okay this is something that I can actually dive into mentally also and exercise that part of everything too yeah no doubt it just it gives you uh one I think it gives you a lot of confidence in general because like yeah. I like I think strength um, gives you a, a massive level of confidence. I think it makes you incredibly capable for life and anything life has to throw at you. But like now, like that's just one metric of the capability. Like, can, like, so I can be strong physically. And then now can I be strong mentally? Can I protect my mind mentally? That kind of concept too, the same way we protect our bodies. But then like now it's the application. Like what can you do with your strength? What can you do with your mind? How, like, how deep is your mind? And now, like, jujitsu is kind of that mix of both. And I found out really quick I was mentally weak um, or just, just mentally dumb. And, like, again, like, the same kind. The more you learn, the, the less you know. But, like, that was something I knew I needed to know how to do to, like, supplement my strength because now, like, now that makes me comfortable in a whole nother spectrum of capability, like, violence. Like, I can control violence now. And then so it showed me that, like, I don't have to be scared of violence. I don't have to be intimidated by violence. Like, like I can speak the language, too. And it was, it's was it been really cool for me just to, like, from a confidence standpoint. Like, I, like I've been in a few scraps in my life, but, like, not under control, not with sure. the right observation. And, I, and I've learned a lot of that, like, through boxing as well. But um, jiu-jitsu is just a, a, a 10x layer of that to me just because it, it was also a massive shot coming from football, too, where – um, my whole job as a linebacker was to keep people far away from me. Um, none of it was any of this close quarters combat, leverage, close space stuff. Like if I was closing space, I'm running full speed, I'm tackling you. Yeah, exactly. um, but so like that's that was a really tough thing for me to overcome is the spatial awareness. But like then now like like I coach um, 
breathing and mental skills and things like that where now like I'm trying to apply what I'm demoing and working with my players on and things like that so it just ends up being this uh kind of lifestyle for me I like I, I've been removed from it for my I, I did a lot of one-on-one coaching here in Columbus Ohio um um with this dude Vitor but um he he's torn both biceps and uh back-to-back tournaments so he's been out for like four months and I've I've, I've had a lot going on um as far as work and yeah. certifications and things like that so um that's a, it's definitely something I need back in my life I'm, I'm feeling it I'm, I got that I got that itch <laughs> yeah, again man. yeah that's awesome well I want to talk a little bit about like the mind strong stuff and your transition uh into that realm of health because the stuff that you guys are doing and and, and we've had Harvey on uh the show several months back also and so he talked a little bit about what you guys are doing but the idea of the same stuff that we that I coach and that we I've been doing for a long time with the breath work the the heat the cold all that stuff was that something that happened in your life while you were still in the league cuz you played in in the NFL for several years or was that something like once you got out then you understood all this other stuff and then in, and that was like kind of your transition like where did that come in to your personal practice yeah so like i was always the like the the i guess we'll call it the doer of mind strong like i was the guinea pig concept but no i found so i found it in this like perfect storm of events like i'd found it anyways because so like this is like so me and harvey like hadn't even started the business yet and uh without knowing it he was doing like wim hof on his own to kind of get out of this sports rut which I, I'm, I'm sure he talked about on the podcast um but i was in houston and like we like we kind of like rekindled a friendship when i played with the vikings real quick because he lives in minneapolis but um i was in houston the texans were paying for the sleep or the sensory deprivation chamber so i was abusing that payment (laughs) um so i i did that like three maybe four times a week sometimes just because it was medicine for me it's like forced meditation but um I started like it was hard for me to quiet my mind or whatever and so i started counting my breath and then it start, i just started holding my breath and i have my watch in there and i'm in there for 90 minutes so like i kind of like an activity and um yeah. and like so i get out and i'm like how do i hold my breath longer i google and it's wim hof and free diving so i got into those protocols until i could like hold my breath for three like three three and a half minutes and and then in the perfect storm here is like as i was peaking on my breath like my breath holds um, we got a new strength coach, Luke uh, Luke Richardson, um, down in Houston, and he came in to like FMS testing, Nordboard, and he determined that our Houston Texans NFL football team was unfit to run. And uh, so we, so we, no, it, it was actually really special. I just think it, I always just think it's funny, a funny bit. It's just a funny phrase. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, but he he came in, he taught everybody how to like activate properly, like obviously a lot of glute development, adductor work, like injury prevention stuff, deceleration, like whatever, all that, all the juicy um, rehab stuff that everybody should be doing. But he did an amazing job of working into in like an hour and fi- hour and 15 minutes with 90 guys, really, really special human. But so we didn't run for like the first full, first full three weeks. And then we got back into it really slowly. But we like, when we got back into it, there was like a speed day that was PG rated. And then he tried to bury us in conditioning. And I was out running all the linebackers. I had this new awareness of breath that like, I could hear people breathing way faster than me. Um, I just started reading the book, Oxygen Advantage. Um, so I understood what was happening with the nose and the mouth. And then 
but I was also up running with the DBs. So like my condition was much higher having not ran than everybody else's, but like that seemed to be the separator for me. And it was just kind of this new level. Like now I could hear weakness and now I like, if I know my opponent's mouth breathing and over breathing yeah. and things like that, like, all right, I'm going to bury you. And I mean, you see that in fighting and UFC fighting all the time. You see who burns out by their breath rate. And so yeah. now it's okay. Tee off kind of concept. So like that for me was a advantage in my, in my brain. So, um, so cause I, I kind of, I got deep into that, like 2017, um, that, so like, I, I was just learning about it going into the 17 season. That was like after the OTA session with Luke, and then um, the last season, like I, I, I put it to work to like enhance performance. I just yeah. got I got hurt, so I didn't get to get a massive sample size. But I was playing well before then. But besides the point. Um, but yeah, so then Harvey at the time he was a pitching coach at this baseball organization in Minneapolis, and he was uh, doing like a mental skills program because he went to school. He went to school for like sports psych stuff and. He was applying like some of the Wim Hof stuff to the kids program and then it just evolved with our communication and then we started the company in 17 kind of after we had figured out we we're both already on it and uh it, it just it turned it turned into something massive because I never stopped experimenting with it like I massively use it to control my state all day and then I use it to prime myself performance uh, for performance I use it to again, manipulate and control my state again back in, in, in real time and I get to recover faster. So it's now it's just like it's non-negotiable for me because I know it's an advantage and uh, uh, we'll see what happens with my competition career. But like it's going to help me in any any way, shape or form. But now I get the opportunity to share that, too, just because it's cool because me and Harvey are kind of like the yin and yang of it. So like I'm like the meathead side of it, like the application, like high performance side of it. And he's the mental skills um, control the mind. And so we, 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 we got, we got a cool little bit going and it's, uh, but it's, it, it's been massive like it, but like, that's how I found it. And then now I just, and then transitioning to me coaching it is like learning the, again, the brain, uh, reaction to physiology and things along those lines that we coach and like differentiate like our company with is that, that mental control through physiological control. And that's where um, now that I'm in the coaching world, I, like one, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of falling in love with the process of it. I, I do like I'm a compassionate person that I do enjoy like helping and um, educating and those kind of things. So that's been a surprise for me. I didn't know if I would love the coaching world. And then, um, yeah, so now it's just like that's the new beast. Like how like how well do I know my topic? Like, how do I like to explain it and make it hit home? And so now it's like this whole presentation concept with that. And then, um, but yeah, so like, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm still in this like growth phase of, gro of coaching, but it's, uh, totally. I think it's going to get like, I guess my methodology, like in comparison to Harvey, like we're, we're both definitely different. We're awesome together. And then we both have our own um, package uh, separate, but I, I, I'm excited about where I can potentially coach. That's awesome. So it, during that whole process of stuff, was the was the cold a part of all of that too? Doing the ice stuff in the sauna, or was that something that came a little later? Because that's generally like the the progression of people that kind of do this. Like they, the first, they find the breath stuff first, and it's usually people that find like Wim Hof. Like you know, that's when you do this the the Google search. Like he's the first dude that comes up, you know. And uh, so you do those cycles and you work on the breath holds, and then it's like, okay, well, he's also doing this sitting in a tank of ice. There's probably something there. You know, and so that's like usually the next thing. Was that like kind of your same progression with it? 
Oh, so like I was just kind of unconscious of my breath when I found cold. Um, but I so in 2012, my doctor, who he's not Serrano, he's a guy, Doctor uh, John Thoma, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona, the Infinity Spine Center. But he, um, he, I, I kind of just followed him religiously. So he he was actually my trainer in high school. He was like a Serrano disciple, but he's just as extreme human, like all in on diet, and he was into bodybuilding and trying to like. He was trying to make in the NFL and stuff too at the time, but um, when I went to college, he went to chiropractic school, and then he finished like he actually graduated super early and became like a adjunct professor for a hot second. But um, just super smart guy, like all in kind of human, and then so he was always experimenting on himself and like giving me the best of what he did on himself. So I, like my last spring break in college, like I went out and stayed with him for a week and like just learned and that kind of thing, and that's where. That's where I learned the cold stuff. And I, that's where he pushed the cold stuff on me because he wasn't even doing it. But um, but that's where I learned about, like, the barefoot grounding. Um, like, he had the grounding pad under his computer, the grounding blankets, like, all those things. And so that was all 2012. And then he was also doing crazy diets where it wasn't, like, his cheat days, he was eating cooked meat. Every other day, he was eating raw meat. He's a psycho. He doesn't, he doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> but um, anyways, so... Uh, and it, this all kind of came full circle because um, so he told me I had to train myself to go up to my neck in the cold tub for 20 minutes. Um, so I conditioned myself to do so um, just because I trusted him <laughs> blindly at the time. <laughs> I, was just, I was just young and hungry. But uh, we so anyway, so I I happened to be, so like after my first season and like I, my first season out, I went through like the arena league, the UFL and the CFL. And when I got back, I got jumped and my jaw broken, which is a whole nother story. But um, so I kind of almost had football taken away. So I was just willing to do anything to get back. And I was lucky enough, um, one of my high school buddies played at Ohio State. So I started training at their facility with them because their strength coach liked how I worked, kind of deal. Anthony Schlegel, who's the head strength coach for the Jaguars now. But um, so anyways, they had a cold tub. And like, so I started there. So that first off season, so that was technically 2013. Um, so 2013, I conditioned myself to the 20 minutes in the cold, carried it with me over to Canada. Um, I did it. I was doing it like three days a week at that point, which is nuts. When I got into the NFL, I really only did like, uh, the full 20 minutes on like Saturdays before we travel and that kind of thing. But yeah, it was, uh, but I was controlling my breath and the concept cause I, I kind of noticed it, but it, it just wasn't, I didn't understand what I was really doing. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's one of those things where, and it sounds like from, and it, this makes sense because you have a podcast now called Chasing Edges. And this is exactly what I was actually thinking about while you were just saying that because you're doing all of these things like in the midst of holding a, a professional NFL career, right? Like you're trying to find what's the what's the way I can get like a half a percent better, right? Or half percent healthier so I can continue to play. Like what am I, like all these things that are out here on the edge, what am I, what am I finding? And it's funny because in that sport specifically, just from, you know, I've known several people that have played in the league and like listened to a bunch of others. It There's that group, which is actually kind of small. And then there's like the group that I think it was John Wellborn said, you know, 80% of the dudes in the NFL would like barring some sort of accident in their life. Like if they didn't get shot and killed or something like that, they were going to make it to the league no matter what. You know, like they're they're just the physical mutants of people that like that's the level of separation between that super high level of performers. And then the guys that are like 
you know, I'm really good at this, but I'm going to go find all these other things that are like, that's going to take me up to maybe be competing with those guys. Is that like kind of the, what you noticed during that whole experience? Uh, to some extent. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think, I don't think it's as blatant as like 80, 20. I think there's a, there's a sure. bunch of stuff in between. Like, I think a lot of the, like everybody to some extent has natural ability that's in the NFL, like oh. even, even myself, but there's just that more micro level separation in the NFL where like you look around the room and like everybody's your size, most people are your speed. And so now like it really becomes mental. So like, and like, uh, there's not a, like, despite the stereotype, there's not a lot of dumb players in the NFL. They know how to do their job or else they wouldn't. They, I think everything after two years is a mistake. Like they, 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 like people pan out pretty quick, um, whether they can handle it, whether they can, they can be there mentally. And like, unless they're like this first round draft pick that gets more grace than everybody else. But um, sure. no, like, yeah, like the, you definitely do notice a difference. Um, I wouldn't, I, I think some of that comes with uh, age as well. Like some players wisen up and they see what the older, better players are doing, that kind of thing. So like, I, like, I always was always very observative and tried to like steal things from people and apply them. And like you learn that like all the guys over six years have like these pretty dialed in methodologies for themselves, like totally. and and same training methods. Like some guys like like are so intuitive that they run on the track by themselves because they don't want to compete and get hurt in the off season because they know they can compete in the one on one drills, but they just have to maintain. And then there's but then there's the guys with like non negotiable forty five minute. They need their uh, like X Y and Z trigger pointed. They need this mobility with this trainer, like all those kind of things. And it's just like, I, I think like, yeah, they're, those guys are naturally gifted, massively gifted too. But like the guy, like to make the NFL not a mistake, then like the, the bar and getting shot concept, like I think it is uh, the longevity, like uh, and the separation of the sport forces these guys to adapt and, yeah. and be there. So I guess maybe like the attendance part of it was a little closer to what John was saying, but um the guys that like the, 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 there's not people not doing their jobs in the NFL. So it's just like, it's not just all freaks. And then there's like, you have the mix of like the pretty good athlete and the savage in the mind. And just like, yeah, they can just totally. like, again, conduct the sport and be a coach on the field and those things, which some teams put value in some teams don't some teams like, like the explosive freak, like freak concept. And then some guys like the character, like, like I don't want to call them character guys, but like the pre the professionals. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's the, and I think John probably used like the extreme. Yeah. No, John, John dreams to tell the story. Yeah. John's a savage. He's, he, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to him and I, I was on their podcast not too long ago and, yeah. uh, the power athlete podcast and there he's, he, he's just a phenomenal storyteller. And then he also like, he has so, like playing that long in the NFL, the way he did is just, it's, a. Uh, you the stories you get and the people you come across and all those things just it's just it becomes like a like a folk folklore tale too where like <laughs> yeah, like totally. yeah it's, it's it's yeah he but he's a stud but yeah no, I, I know what you're saying he's definitely one of those guys too as far as the mind part of it goes that just understood exactly what he was supposed to do and like nothing was gonna deter him from what he needed to do during that during that time of his life, you know, like those are the kind of guys that, like you said, those are the ones that last, you know, a 10 years or whatever, 10 years plus in the league or, you know, whatever the, what would be considered super long-term, I guess. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think, I think two, two years is a mistake. I think five and more is like, like every ounce of it is earned kind of deal. 
And then, uh, but now, like John, yeah. So talking to John, like he was crazy intuitive as well. Like he was doing variants of the sauna and ice training, um, just through curiosity and seeing other people do things. Like, and then he, like, I mean, you know, his mind now is savage. Like he, he's been through all the modalities. Um, yeah. He understands his supplements like a ma- like a mastermind. So like all those things, I think just uh, that that's part part of the reason he was he was chasing edges while he was playing and that kind of thing. That that again, it's not a mistake. Like yeah, I, I would favor. I would hope everybody in the NFL would be that grateful to have that much like again curiosity and discipline to master their sport because like I like the cool thing about the chasing edges concept is like everybody has their own kind of like narrative in their head about it but it's still like like how do i like how do i protect the dream law of aggregation of marginal gains which you talked about where it's one percent here one percent there and then what type of armor do i end up with do i end up harder to kill yeah most likely and is my career harder to kill yeah so it's just like i i, I do think I, I do think complacency is a massive thing in the nfl too but like it's also the environment doesn't allow much of it because like like if you're not competing like you know you don't get it's, it's like the the rower or the assault bike like you don't get you can't take reps off or your time goes right. down and if you take reps off in the nfl like i like i played hurt my last season and i couldn't run 100 percent, and it was just a massive uh inhibitor same thing so you can't just like half ass a rep or 90 percent a rep because there's dogs on that field across the board yeah well and not only that too but just like the level and the speed and the size of the dudes that are that you're going against like you go I mean, that's how, like, bad injuries happen, too. Like, you know, I mean, there's there's such a thing as playing through being, you know, quote-unquote hurt, like hurt and injured are two different things, you know. And, like, if you're – something's going on and you're, like, not able to function how you should, like, that's how crap can get really bad. Yeah, that, bad. Yeah, that, that, co- <laughs> that, that probably cost me my career, honestly, trying to be the tough guy. Um, yeah. I really should have got surgery. They also misdiagnosed me, but um, – but yeah, like I, I got, I saw it in real time. Like what, I was forced into that, out of out of my twenty percent into deep water. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, um, but yeah, but it's it, it's eye opening. But it's also you, you see the level of competition and what needs to be maintained, regardless. Like even as you age, that a lot of guys like that they find out like if they can't catch up, you're gonna start solving the problem if you want to if you want to protect the dream. And so like that's why I think like time is also an indicator like like in a great teacher for these guys and guys any anybody in general that like if you want to hold on to something worth having that people other people want like you have to get curious and chase edges totally and the and and this was what i experienced coming out of out of collegiate athletics too like the all the stuff that i learned and practiced that i implement now into my coaching and like my my normal health stuff now like I'm wondering if you kind of had a similar experience, but you said you'd some of this while you were playing too, but like, is there some sort of thought in your head? It's like, man, I wish I would have known some of this stuff earlier on. Like that could have set me up a little bit better. Maybe could have prevented a couple things. Or like if I had incorporated this, you know, back when I was a rookie, like it would have made a difference. It, like with the stuff that you guys are doing now with like mind strong and everything that you're doing now. Yeah. Like that, like that, I don't think that stuff says much of a massive separator. Yeah. Like I think I would have, and maybe, been able to like recover a little bit better and that kind of thing and manipulate performance a little bit. But like, I mean, everybody wants to go back with their wisdom and tell the stupid kid they were, but like, would that kid listen anyways, you know, that kind of concept. But it's a, as far as like training wise goes. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I still believe in a lot of the same tactics that I did when I played as far as like unilateral strengthening core firing patterns and things like that. So like, 
from a training side, no, like, but like from like a mental agility, mental emotional agility side, yeah, I would like to um, speak some wisdom into my head back then, just because I was like I was, yeah, I, I wore that, I had that blue collar on, and like I was the work hard guy and things like that. But I spent a lot of time on the physical side. I wish I would have spent more time on the mental. So like that's the um, that is what we do at MindStrong. But at the same time, like I, I didn't, I didn't even have the earliest understanding of it. So like that's why I'm excited to hopefully get the boys in more professional sports to help guys like myself. That's awesome. Cause I think I was almost maybe a little bit of the opposite because you know, I was the mo I, I usually say I was like the most average of college track athletes. Like that's why they moved me to, to decathlon. Cause I wasn't fast enough to do anything as an open event. So like you're fast enough to do it if you do eight other things or nine other things, you know? And so like, I was mentally like, yeah, I'll do whatever. I'll learn whatever I, I can be locked in and ready to go. But it was, I was chasing myself in terms of the physical stuff. And all I knew was like, I just got to be in, I just got to be in the freaking weight room two hours a day and eat eight plates of food in the cafeteria, like to, you know, and gain a half a pound because that was like, it was the worst thing ever trying to gain weight at that age. But, uh, those kind of things, I was like, I, I feel like, had I known even some of the training stuff I did now, uh, or even some of this recovery stuff, like I think it could have made it, you know, a decent amount. It wouldn't have been huge types of things, but I mean, I, I definitely think I could have done a little bit better in some areas in that kind of stuff. And so I always think like that same thing. Uh, and so it sounds like I was a little bit more the opposite side of yours. Cause I'm like, I'm not a big dude. I'm, I was probably undersized for being a, a fast guy, but it's just funny how, like how different those things can be in, in each people's expression of sport you know yeah yeah it's just uh like I just I I kind of had like I was out like by the time I was all in on like the cold cold and hot tub contra or cold and sauna contrast and those kind of things like um I had already like uncovered like I was already red lighting I was already like I was doing like what Huberman's talking about now with like yep. setting circadian rhythm uh in the morning and at night I was already barefoot grounding and like I, I can I, I already like my curiosity I already uncovered those so um yeah I, I would have liked to dive deeper into the breast stuff a little bit but like at the same time like I, I thought I, I thought I managed that side of the sport really well I just I wish I would have uh pursued the mental edges and like understood the I guess, I guess the mindset it really does take to maintain the life in the NFL as opposed to like yeah just work hard like that's great <laughs> Like, yeah, like you can be the best worker, but does that make you the best football player? Like what, what's your depth of understanding and how well can you utilize and apply it and chase edges on the football field too? Like hand-to-hand -hand combat would have probably been a little better than me being able to run my heart out for 1600s, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, just like that, that time. And then again, like, but I, a lot of that stuff, like I check if I ever go down that rabbit hole, it's like, I, like, I know I need grace there. Nobody gets that shit right the first time, you know? So, um, but yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, I, I'll always like reflect on it because like now that I'm coaching some pro athletes and those things, like it's, it, it makes sense to look back and apply and learn from your own experience. And so I try and like translate that as well as possible because I mean, so many people are in pro sports are stressed to perform because like, not the NFL stands for not for long. Um, it's what have you done for me lately? Like, again, like bottom of the roster guys, special teams guys, like if you have a couple bad games, you can be cut. And 
and you no guaranteed money like and then now like they can be over like that so it's uh um yeah it's just a mindset that i wish everybody would, would maintain you know but and again though it's not one of those things that you even understand until you're not in it anymore you know it's it's like you don't know what you had until you don't have it anymore kind of a kind of a situation which i mean it sucks but that's everybody like everybody's gonna go through that like that's the that's what hindsight is, you know? Yeah, no, no doubt. And then and it's always funny to like, it's just like comparing different chapters too. And like, I, I've gotten, I've gone down the, philo- uh, the philosophy rabbit holes now too on looking back in the past and that kind of stuff. And that's brought me some peace, but like, it's all like, I always like look back. Cause like, like I spent three years in three different leagues before I got to the NFL. So like reflecting back on, what I did to get there and what I did to keep it like was is there a difference there like or was it is it wisdom that had me doing this or was it trying to cling to old structure it was just like a like I, I, I'm a big journaler now so like uh, and, I, and I, I like really I start I started every day like kind of at the beginning of quarantine and then I kind of did it loosely um, my last two years in Houston but like once I've done it a lot now like I'll go, I just, I'll go down a rabbit hole or like, cause like even when I try and meditate, if the same things keep coming up, like I, I try and resolve them in my journal and then I move forward um, and just try and unpack those things. Cause I think that's what that, those tools are for. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and, totally. the, and the, yeah, and they've helped me settle some like, it's not, they're not demons. Like, but like all the, like I, I try and one of my uh, good friends, Nate Ebner, he's played for the Patriots for eight years and he's with the giants right now, but he, he has this really cool mental structure of logic for um, effort and that kind of thing where like truly like you can solve a lot of your regret with effort in the present sense where like, like if you go all in and then win or lose, like, like like he has this bit where like I can sleep with losing knowing I went all in, but I can't sleep with like the work and the effort being a variable and like having to look back and like, did I try? How hard was I working? No, like I know so now like you kind of like protect yourself from regret with this like these two feet down in the present so and like and maintaining that level of effort which i think is really cool and so i uh ever since he put it that way because i always tried to put some i always tried to resolve my regret and then now it's just like all right you know it happens you have regrets and what can you do to prevent that oh you can go ham right now because like you can't can't change the past. Like most of us don't even remember the past the right way. And like, I've gone down those books and those kind of things too. So now like understanding the philosophy and like the science behind the brain and psychology and regret and the vocabulary words that handcuff all that stuff. Like you really just learn that like all you can do is like get as close proximity um, and you're thinking to the past and the future of being as close to the present as possible and just keep pushing, you know? Totally. So when you now that you're in this, like you said, like other sort of competitive world with powerlifting, right? Like how how did that avenue like come about? Like where did that where did that come from? Yeah. So like like uh, like my first like full year out was the COVID year, um, and I like I had guys come to my house to train and that kind of stuff, and I had this like loose like relaxed structure and that kind of thing, and I just kind of had this like limbo all day that I, I it, like didn't didn't sit well with me um, because I didn't know how structured I needed to be to be productive without football, like how structured I needed to be to like learn and grow outside of the sport. 
Like I, did, I wasn't applying my football tactics to the real world. I was kind of living in the past. And then I was still trying to play at the time too, but like um, it actually, the, the powerlifting stuff really stemmed from structure, but I, I just happened to be around amazing people. Um, some of my trainers, so like um, some of my trainers from Houston uh, are like, I don't think they're partners, but they're uh, like kind of disciples of Corey Gregory who is, uh, used to be one of the founders of Muscle Farm. Now he owns Max Effort Muscle um, Supplement Company, but um, he's a Columbus, Ohio guy out in the Burbs um, in Granville now. He used to be in Patasqua, but, um, and Corey done some work, like Dr. Serrano did, like helped him with some of the Muscle Farm supplements and all that kind of stuff too. So, <clears throat> but anyways, like that, I knew, like I'd met him a few times, but like didn't understand him and things like that. Then I went out and trained with my trainers when they came and uh, kind of linked up with him there. Um, came back another time when they came back and I started rolling with them. And like, they have this extreme structure of training at four in the morning. And um, once I, I started dipping my toe in the water and then like now as of late, I've been pretty deep into the water and that structure and the discipline it takes to go to sleep on time. And the space I got in the morning between 6 a.m. and like 10 a.m. where nobody's calling me, nobody's bothering me, and I can like do deep work, like that stuff. Like now, it's like that's just part of me. So, um, but that's like how that came along, and then like then I didn't even understand like the secret sauce in the powerlifting, because initially like I was going out there and I was training like a football player, and then I slowly flirted with the the squatting and the deadlifting, but I don't want to get hurt. And then but now I'm I, I've committed to it the last couple months, and it's been super fun because like it's a it's a different cup of coffee than like the mind strong stuff I was doing where I'm like waking up, I'm doing my breath work, I'm drinking my lemon water, I'm doing uh, X, Y, and Z to take care of my body, I'm reading and journaling, like that's a, that's a good morning too, but um, I get a lot, of, a lot more out of like knowing I'm up before everybody, like and that's my accomplishment. Um, and then like, like facing failure very quickly in the powerlifting world, because three days we're doing conjugate method failure um, on bench squat and deadlift, and like that level of uh, discomfort really um, kind of got me out of the slump I was in as far as the guys come over around eight, like we drink our pre-workout bleeds to nine, we lift from nine or like we or we'll go run and then lift. And then now it's one o'clock and I'm like, now I got to shower and eat and my, like my day's gone and then, and, and I'm tired and like whatever. So like it, it just, uh, I didn't like that version of myself and then just, touching the like the, the 4 a.m. Uh, group for a little bit um, I was like this is tight <laughs> and it just it, it gave me a little more like it all like that that space and that piece that it gave me to like actually do deeper work and not drift through the day was massive for me so now like I'll always like I was never a morning person either so it's, it's been and I was super protected in my sleep and all these things so it reframed my brain as far as a lot of those things and it's uh it's been super beneficial for me that's awesome Corey was man i think i've been following Corey since like 2010 like back when he was doing the daily workouts on the muscle farm twitter and he would just post them up every day on there and do that kind of stuff and uh i remember the first time i did it was when he uh wrote the first 100 days of squats like when he was at the very beginning of the squat every day thing. And like the second he put it out, I did it the next, 
100 days. And I remember that, that was like my first year that I was training people in like the big box gym that I was in right out of college. And I was doing it like I'd, I'd have my early afternoon like training block because I'm training clients all morning. I have them in the evening. So I like had to train early afternoon. So like same people would see me like by the by the middle of the second week, they're like, dude, are you literally squatting every day heavy? And I'm like, yeah, man, <laughs> like seven days a week right now. And they're like, aren't you like sore all the time? I was like for a few days, but honestly, like I feel great now. And then some of those things that when he started doing them, they've when I started incorporating them like they and I, I know that my guys that I coach now that are listening to this, they know that this is where I got some of the ideas from that have stuck in the, how I program. But like 400, and you did it this morning, like 400, 800 meters of lunges and doing that several days a week, like that kind of stuff is sometimes a staple in, in some of the things that I program depending on what phase we're in. And so like, I mean, it, it was, I was pumped when I saw that you're like training with him now because I'm like, oh, that's awesome because I've been following Corey forever, man. Yeah, no, he's, he's the, he's the absolute man. Yeah. That like all that stuff, like, again, like it's just reframing people's minds. And like, I mean, I do this like with my programming, like I pick and choose and have my own recipe on everything. And like, I don't think, uh, anything should be like, like whatever intellectual property concept, but, um, no, like his, his stuff just reframes your mind and it's extreme. And then like, now you do it. And like, now I do it X amount of days and I, it's great GPP work, general physical preparedness work and that kind of thing. And so now, um, just training with him, like he also showed me like the, the savagery of like having a tribe and being around like-minded people and those kind of things. Like, like the sore necks events are great examples of that, but it's not like an everyday thing where like, like I enjoy those experiences, but like I needed it. Like that was another thing I was missing in Columbus. Like, yeah, I had the couple guys I was training with, but it also wasn't like, we were just such good friends. It wasn't always mentally stimulating and that kind of thing and deep work on myself and going into another environment, um, vibing with him, like on top of all the new training methodologies and the extreme nature of himself and the 4am group in general. Um, yeah, like it, that, all that was medicine for me. And it was, uh, yeah, the, he just, um, he, like, I, like I podcast, he was my first podcast just cause me and him talk about this kind of stuff every day where like every day, every morning's a, a podcast conversation, especially for like, we're lunging the track and that kind of thing. But he, um, yeah, he, he's a magnetic person that I think, uh, everybody should strive to have like these people that push you physically, mentally, that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm just a big fan. So, um, but that, yeah, it's, it's been really cool to see who's one, how many people he's impacted from his journey from the 2010s and that kind of thing, the muscle farm stuff, the squat every day stuff, now the lunging and that kind of thing. It's just, uh, it's cool to see like that, like his reputation and honestly, like, yeah, it just, it just, it's cool to see what his hard work and commitment and stuff has, has yielded. Cause like now that's like, he's giving me recipes. He's helping teach me that secret sauce too. So it's been, um, yeah, Matt, Corey's been a big mentor of mine as of late. That's awesome. And and the the concept of the 4 a.m. and the squat every day and the lunging, it's all the same purpose, in my opinion, as like the cold stuff and the heat stuff. It's it. Well, again, I'm, I'm probably just going to call this episode Chasing Edges and steal your name for the podcast because that's really what it is. But it's like uh, like how uncomfortable can we make ourselves and then why that's so important but you don't understand why it's so important until you're on the other side of being that uncomfortable 
you know, because the whole point is like people are going to push it off because like, no, I don't I don't want to do that. That sounds like it's horrible and it sucks. And they're like, well, yeah, it does. But wait till you're done with it. Like, just do it and do it a lot. And then now see how things in your head feel on the other side of it. Like, I remember the first time I was going to do a 400 meter lunch thing. I made it like 80 yards and I'd like, like fell over and thought I was going to have a heart attack. I'm like, what? he did this, like he hit 400 nonstop, knee to the ground, and, but like stuff like that. And then it's the same thing when I remember the first time I, I went all the way up to my neck in the ice. Like I thought I was, my whole body was going to shut down. I was panicked. You know, you can't control really what your body's doing in that moment, but you adapt. And then this was terrible. But now it's like, this actually makes me feel really good. And this, the, yeah, this has been, this has been a huge help and the med- medicine is a great word for it. So it's like all of those things are, that's the whole point is yes, it sucks. That's why we do it, but it's not to make you miserable. It's to make you better on the other end of it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a, I mean, it, uh, there's, there's so much depth in what you just said where like there, like obviously there's like, like there's intentional growth and there's unintentional growth. Like you can intentionally choose to adapt yourself or it gets thrust upon you. Trauma happens, life happens, you get fired, whatever. Um, All those things, like that's where like, that's not you bringing into your life. And like, that's why like after like having to do that for football and be so intentionally prepared and things like that. And then now outside of life, like it's the same reason I want to do jujitsu is I want to be this intentional level of prepared growth for all like all scenarios and that kind of thing and so and like but that that relationship with discomfort is just massive in general because that it's physical and mental it it just it's like when where do you stop learning like like where's your physical resistance in your mind like basically how like where do you start quitting in your mind and all that stuff just compounds and like the but it just, I think it comes down to like a very simple principle like it's it, like life life is super short and like I want to get the most out of myself and like an experience and like I'm not going to do that sleeping in sitting on the couch and all those things and like I, I've learned that and because I've done that um, and gone through those phases and like that's definitely not for me so I always push towards this comfort then now it's how far how much separation can I keep from it and it does that and like honestly I get satisfaction of, of, out of that separation being crazy like I like I always thought the cold was crazy like even like when I'm doing it up to my neck and um, in the NFL locker room and like all the, Oh, look at that crazy white boy BP. What the hell are you doing? Like all that stuff. Like it just, uh, um, that's an edge for me. And that separation is intimidating to some people. And that level of commitment is intimidating to some people. And like, like, yeah, I, I want it to be <laughs> like, I don't want, I, I don't want to be a normal human. I don't want to be a sheep. I don't like, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I have this curiosity to not settle and not get like this average life and and when i like when i get into those slumps because i still experience them and all that kind of stuff all the time and just like i always i kind of have this like self-talk now where like like this like this is why you don't want to be this or, or like or or like i i see somebody that i used to compare myself to and i see them way different or something like that and now it's just like all these things are just now i don't just see it i see it and it, and it's like all that stuff is pushed towards <clears throat> again push towards discomfort push p- towards capability because like that discomfort is adaptation adaptation is basically like the ability to handle more scenarios whether it's a physical weight on your muscle um a, n- a new language in your brain anything like that like it's just it's something you got to keep pushing towards and as <coughs> sorry excuse me <coughs> but like that um that level of 
like it's because it is a lifestyle and it, it, it bleeds into like everything and like so like as I continue to develop all these capabilities like I just want to like I want to be separated in the worst case scenario like the loudest most violent environment like the the peaceful side of life or I'm sure I've, I've done some bits on this now where like that capability is going to breed confidence and peace for me so like like I can be really in my little bubble I can never touch the ice and just go from my 70 degree house to my car to work to my car and back home and never experience real temperature change like that's just like a that's a microcosm in general like of course like and then that's a whole nother rant on how far removed humans are from nature and and then if you think about that logically you're like what the hell am I doing like how do I even feel I don't know I, ch I chug pre-workout and coffee and I, I dip nicotine and I do like I do all these things to like avoid my state or I turn on the TV to escape and that shit just pisses me off now where like now I have triggers to not be like I, I know what nature does for me because I've gone out in nature for extended periods of time or I go on hikes regularly and I, those weeks are way better than the weeks I stay inside and then now I know about my blood work and like if I'm outside how much ex my skin's exposed and vitamin D levels and if my vitamin D is good, my zinc's above my copper, like all these things compound into me feeling great and thinking clearly. And then it just like now, like I'm, I'm trying to get the most out of life. Sounds like a terrible concept, right? Yeah, no, it's just like, um, like I, Kush was chirping me yesterday for that whole, uh, whatever that deadlift video bit, basically yeah. like, I, like I, yeah, I, I was talking about this change and like, I used to have this really, passive routine that I thought was good because I made my bed and all this crap but I, I choose powerlifting now and like that's and for me and like he's a similar mindset and he's down that Jocko David Goggins rabbit hole where he's running and rucking and all these things now and like we we kind of share that respect there that like like what, what was the what was the chirp he had for me it was like basically that like uh only the dead know the end of war um something like that we're a big quote guys but uh and that's like, yeah, like I like some people die at 25 and they bury the body years later. Like I'm not going to be that person. And, um, and the more I think about it and those kind of things, like, I just don't, I don't like how many people, particularly people I care about settle. And, um, so like, and I, I don't, I try not to judge anybody by any means, but it's more like a, a gas gauge for myself. And, um, and really just like, everything I try and do now mentally, even in the coaching world is just reframe people's minds. So I'm constantly asking myself like what I'm wrong about, where can I improve and those kind of things. And like, or like a, a really powerful question for me lately has been, um, are you okay where you're at right now? And I don't know if I've ever been able to say yes. And so like, and logically when I look at from macro to micro, like if I'm looking at myself, like, like hopefully I live like another 50 years. Like what the hell can I do with 50 years? And so like, it's okay not to be okay right now. <laughs> like I don't yeah. want to be okay if I want to experience more things. Like if I want to do the plateau thing, like I, I had coach Darlene Santor on my podcast the other day and uh, I just like the analogy and I'm a quote guy and all those kind of things. But her analogy was like, life's a heartbeat. Like there's ups and downs. Like we shouldn't identify with our emotions on either side of this, this heartbeat in the valleys. Like, even if you're experiencing depression, you're not depressed, you're experiencing it, like start to shed that, like, do not identify with emotions, even happy, like, happy's like something you can't attain for the, your entire life. So like, again, experience it, try and experience more of it, but don't identify with it and like chase that thing. I'm always I got to be happy, that kind of crap. Um, 
but like now like she hit me with the she goes like like not like getting into discomfort and going through a valley or fighting to climb up with the heartbeat and those things like those kind of things like basically like people are flatlining like people that aren't experiencing the, the full spectrum of life and the full spectrum of emotion and they're just numbing themselves or being lazy and comfortable and those kind of things they're they're flatlining and like they're so they're dead and so that feeds into the cushing um uh, analogy of like the the 25 like t- die at 25 and they bury you at 75 or whatever the ben franklin quote is but it's just like uh i like all that stuff because like these analogies and quotes and all these things like um they're, they're they're these landmarks for me and they're these reminders that like like these whether a smart person said it or a dumb person said it, if it, it means a lot to me like now that's a reason when I'm at a decision point, like, no, I like this quote and I think that's who I am. And all right, I'll go towards discomfort or like, like, or, or I'll expand my capability and intentionally grow things like that. But it's just, um, yeah, like, and like all, every emotion's good for you in some sense. And it, it has physiology that follows suit too. But like, um, I just think, uh, I think people get too caught up in not being human and not experiencing all these ups and downs good and bad emotions and hot and cold temperatures like the whole duality of life and nature and it's it just we need to keep pushing that level of awareness as coaches for sure and i know you're in that world yeah totally and so is that really what spurred the the idea for the podcast for you was like to explore those from other perspectives as well and like ask like where is this coming from from all these other high performers and that kind of thing is that kind of how you got into that idea yeah no doubt i mean mind strong we've always the boys have always been about that life and i i like again the chasing edges thing was like my terminology in my head like when i got yeah. like going through the arena league i got cut from the ufl i was like i gotta chase edges i need to be i need to have i need to get better at 10 things yeah. <laughs> stuff like that so um so I kind of always had the chasing edges in the back of my mind and that was kind of like my bit and mind strong for a while. But the, the chasing edges in particular is just like, uh, me and Har- cause me and Harvey run a podcast with mind strong as well. But like the, he, like he gets his heady side of it and I get my chasing edges side of it. And then, so now I just kind of like got my own voice for it. Um, but it's still, all that stuff still supports and supplements mind strong and my growth and our network and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, like I, like, my like my like I, I have a, I have a pretty cool network that um like I just I've kind of magnetized to the people that are why they're doing things right or working really hard or living life fully or again chasing edges themselves and like the biohack world or nature or those things so um I just want to share that with people because again like I, I think you can hear that I care about this stuff and that uh I I really I truly just want to help people and like it, I know it helps me so I try and share it and um some people accept it. Some people don't. Some people come around and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I don't think I'll like, I think I'll always be in some variant of this line of work, whether it's coaching football or coaching performance or anything like that. I just, I'll, I'll always strive to reframe people's minds, especially in third and dark times or struggling and things like that. But, um, I just get a lot out of that. Totally. Well, what, um, other than the podcast, cause we're closing in here on, uh, on an hour. So, other than the other than the podcast, like with what you're doing and what MindStrong is doing, like what kind of things are you guys working on coming up that you're that you're pumped about? Anything project wise or anything you guys are working on that you're that you're stoked on? Uh, yeah, so I mean we're we're gonna get into like the retreat space, so we'll we'll, we'll hold like a retreat. Um, probably the first one will be in Sedona, um, uh, spring of next year. 
um, that's always something we want to do because like we're big on tribe and community and sharing like what we know at the time and then like having other people bring things to the table as well so like that'll be massive to like it's kind of gonna be like a full dose of mind strong so it'll be like the nature the bare feet the <clears throat> the movement the training the breath work the um, natural diet all those kind of things like I'll do some strength stuff too it just be a really cool hit and then we'll have a a couple other doctors there as well so that that's like that's pretty big and then I'm just uh I'm just learning man like I'm I'm yeah. doing as many certifications as I get my paws on um and just trying to develop like it, it, yeah it's for coaching but like all this stuff is perspective and understanding for what I'm doing in the powerlifting world to what I'm doing uh on myself in the breath world to coaching it and those kind of things like I I don't like to coach anything that like I haven't gone all out in or know fully so like to me, like to be the best coach I can be, I'd be nails and dialed and um, understanding of the shortcomings of some of the teachings and also like what I've felt in some of what I'm trying to coach. So like that's just my process. So like uh, I think that's going to be a long, I mean, it's going to take me years to get where I want to be mentally just because um, the anatomy, the physiology, like you need to, I feel like I need to understand the fundamentals as well as like sure. the like the true, like the breathing mechanics and like the ability to change the blood and things like that and, and control the mind, like all that stuff. Like I understand the application, but I need to, I want to understand uh, both the, the, the science and the full body picture, the firing patterns, et cetera. So like, I just, like once I learned about the breath and like the mechanics and the anatomy of that, like that wasn't enough. Like now, like I've always been into um, biomechanics and, and things along those lines and I always got really smart on like my injuries and like, so I, like I know yeah. the shoulder joint really well. I know the ankle really well yeah. cause I've hurt those, but now like <clears throat> how do I manipulate and maintain the hips and the knees and things like that where I haven't out of necessity, I didn't have to intentionally grow into those areas. So um, now it's just like, I'm on, I'm on this learning curve and um, I get a lot of satisfaction out of learning in general, just because it, it just like I've, I've had multiple books change my perspective on the world, let alone, um, like movement patterns and things like I like you, you some of that stuff you don't even know how good it is for you till like you realize that you're 33 and your other friends are falling apart already you know like all that stuff like and I've played professional sports so it's like I know I'm doing something right but sometimes it takes a different perspective or a different like me doing the lunges and the squat everyday stuff for the first time like that made no sense to me but now I that I did it and I understand it like I see the function and it's the same way I live my life playing like I just I take what's functional use it um, but like, I don't judge it or turn it down until I done it and understand it. Totally. I love it, man. Are you doing a, uh, are you doing a powerlifting meet anytime soon? Do you have one on the schedule for yourself? Well, there's, there's a shot that I'm may, may hop into one next week, but, um, oh, nice. yeah, or <clears throat> sorry. Uh, the 18th, sorry. No, I, the next one I can't, uh, that was decided this morning, but, um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll compete a couple times for sure. Um, awesome. I kind of got some numbers I want to hit and like, I've been traveling and not training fully. So once I commit, like I want at least like, cause if so, um, I'll probably commit before the end of the weekend if I do that one in the 18th. And then, so I'll get, um, I'll, I'll spend, I'll become more of a master of my craft, I guess. Like, like I, I've learned a lot over the last year with these guys, as far as like one, the conjugate method is incredible in and of itself. And then Corey's twist on it's even cooler, but, um, I've never had to like master a sumo deadlift. Like my squat, I could always squat a lot, but was I squatting for like optimal performance or was I squatting for 
like a one rep max. So it's a different mechanism. It's a different energy system, especially like the compound programming of low reps, uh, things like that. And then, so now it's just like, now it's just like a new mastery art that I have, like I have to figure out, but I, I've, I've, I've covered ground, but I also haven't been excessively intentional. Like I go there for the, like the juice and the, like the hard shit and the dis- discomfort and the, the fear that heavyweight sparks that you have to like those demons you have to slay. But, um, I'll, like I, I'm getting close to the point now where like, I, I, I kind of want to master it because like, like from a brute force strength, I've kind of maxed out now. And like now everything becomes the law of 10,000 hours deal. Totally. Yeah. I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, where is all this stuff, uh, link wise and accounts and everything that people can follow and, and follow what you guys are doing? Yeah. It's a, it's a long list now. Like, uh, on Instagram, <laughs> it's at the mind strong project, um, chasing edges at chasing edges. I'm, uh, at Brian underscore Peters 10. And then, um, everything, all the, all the Instagram stuff has links on it to the website, mindstrongproject.com. Um, and then, other than that, like you, like you'll find me around the the Sorenex boys or out in nature somewhere, you know. There we go. All right, man. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you, man. I was glad we were able to make it work, and and thanks for your time, man. Easy, you're the man. All right, have a good one. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great-